The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 816, you are listening to WGNS on this Thursday morning. And attorney Brandon Bass from the law offices of John Day. How are you today? I don't have a complaint in the world, Scott. How are you doing? I am doing good. With summer, I'm sure you guys see an influx of auto accident cases and personal injury cases where folks are out, you know, just doing stuff during the day. Certainly. And and as well, frankly, with what we do, you know, people got to call in and people who have their kids off of school and have a little extra time. We do see the the phones ring a little bit more in the summer. I I bet you you have to pull that mic a little bit closer there. Certainly. But uh, yeah, during the summer, it it seems like everybody is 10 times as active compared to the winter season. Well, and especially uh, weekends like we have Fourth of July coming up, the roads are going to be full and uh, with Bonnaroo and, and music festivals things we all know we're dodging cars left and right on the interstate anyway yeah you know i totally forgot about bonnaroo but that's a huge event and uh, that happens every summer i think they missed one year during the pandemic but other than that it's been nonstop. It, what has it got to be 15 to 20 years by at now. least uh, yeah and i don't i'm i used to be cool uh, I promise I used to be cool, but I'm not at all anymore. So I don't realize it until I start seeing traffic alerts at this point. And the THP, they always set up, you know, these rolling roadblocks out there in that direction. And I think, you know, some of it's to help with traffic. Uh, and the other part of it is to keep drugs from going into Bonnaroo. But I don't know that you can really control that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, without stopping every single guard, taking no part. I don't know about that. And usually it seems uh, uh, the CMA Fest seems to line up with it so we're nice and sandwiched between horrible traffic on both sides um and whenever you get horrible traffic you get more trucks you get more people moving around and you do get more collisions and cma in the downtown nashville area that that can be even harder to get in and out of than bonnaroo just because you're in between all these buildings and there's very few parking spaces absolutely i remember a few years ago with cma i booked something uh, a business meeting for a case and with a bunch of lawyers coming in from out of state and i didn't quite realize that i was be booking them into the cma fest with every hotel in a three county radius already booked solid so was i, I still remember them rolling in and saying now, did you know every hotel's 500 dollars a night or what have you for that it's crazy expensive really everywhere in nashville it seems like at least that 500 bucks a night is it's close to the going rate yeah i uh you gotta wonder when it gets a little to be a little bit too much for the uh the people coming in for a quick weekend yeah, I, I agree. And at some point, there is a breaking point where you say, we just can't afford to go to Nashville. And I I would say that, except every time I go to Nashville, I look around and it's wall-to-wall people on uh, electric scooters and things. And if they're on an electric scooter, they probably don't have a 615 area code phone number. Yeah, so so steer clear of them and jump off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we see enough folks um, getting on those things and getting hurt or, or dodging those things and getting hurt from dodging them as well 
Let's talk a little bit about personal injury cases and what we can do if we feel like, I guess, we've been injured in some way and and what we need to get together as far as evidence goes to help out the case in the very beginning to see if we even have a case. Well, first step, if you feel like you've been hurt is get help. We and a lawyer, another lawyer if you need one, can help you try to put the pieces back together financially, but there's nothing I can do to, to set a broken bone or anything like that. So getting in to see a doctor and getting that help you need, um, you know, sometimes the longer you wait, the worse things get. So getting in early to let them take care of anything is priority number one. After that, figuring out, do I have anybody who's responsible for this? And sometimes that's real easy but i'll say most of the time it's not um i think we all tend to think of a single person and most times this person caused the accident or this person did it but for example somebody trips and falls at a store where packages have been left out or got kicked in front of them well that may be the store's fault or it may be some vendor who was coming by who was supposed to be putting those packages away it may be a supplier or something we may be looking at it and saying it's the driver that hurt me when it turns in a car accident when it turns out that the driver was working on the job for one of these apps things like that so figuring out everybody can be challenging Um, I don't have any great advice for non-lawyers for that that's really a matter of knowing where to look and figuring out how to lock that down but then one thing people tend to put on the back burner and, and I think assume that it'll all come together naturally is figuring out how they're ultimately going to show a judge, a jury, or, or even just an insurance claims representative how much they're owed. Uh, the way you figure that under the law is not you typically it's not based upon how bad the person's conduct was, but it's how hurt you are, how much you lost, how much the victim or the survivors uh, had to pick up the pieces so even if uh if it's a slam dunk the other person absolutely would agree i, I ran a red light rear into the person in front of me i owe them some money just about every single case i've ever had there's still a debate about how much money that actually is it can be challenging for folks to go figure that up in hindsight you wait months or god forbid a year more and try and figure out how much time you missed from work back when you were dealing with uh, physical therapy and things like that. I'm sure, Scott, if I asked you what were, what were you doing a year and five days ago, it's, it's real tough to put all those pieces together. Some of us have calendars and can try and try and recreate it. One of the things I suggest then is make a list early and often. If you take time off work, just say how much it is, whether it's because you just couldn't go in, just hurting too bad, whether it's because a doctor's told you you need to take a few days off of work before you're safe to go back in, or whether it's because you had to take time off work to go to physical therapy or doctor's office. Charting all that early can be extremely helpful, and then later you pair it up with how much you should be owed for each hour you missed from work when you look at personal injury cases no matter what the situation is do you also factor into play all right well this person is married so there is a loss of or a downturn in their relationship because the other party's injured they weren't able to just play with their kids for the last six months because of this injury i mean do you factor all that in absolutely now you there's two different categories you just asked one is what about the spouse Okay, if you're 
wife or if your husband's hurt, well, at a minimum, you're probably picking up slack around the home. Um, most folks have a, a pretty good division of labor. I, I, I'd say certainly in my household, my wife carries a whole lot more of the laboring ore than I do. But when one of us is hurt, that still tips the balance from what we've got planned in terms of who's going to do what. And if you're switching over who's doing the cooking, who's doing the shopping, who's lifting, if if one person's laying in bed and the other's doing all the chores around the house, the spouse has a loss. Under the law, it's called a loss of consortium. Uh, it's one of those phrases that got written back in the 1800s. And I'm sure it sounded really good when Mark Twain was writing. And this day, there's not anybody who says, how's your consortium doing? Um, but it stuck around. So basically, the change to a spouse's life is called loss of consortium. Usually, there's not a lot to quantify there. I was talking about income, for example. Lost income, you figure up how many days you missed from work and things. When it comes to loss of consortium, it really is a matter of sitting back and saying, now, how did things change around the home since this happened? You also ask Scott about what happens with the kids because, you know, you get hurt and it's people with a back injury or an upper arm injury. Frankly, just about any part of your body gets hurt. It's real hard to pick up a toddler. Yeah. Um, and sometimes doctor will tell you don't pick up that toddler. That's going to change your life in terms of things. Uh, grandparents even. It, it's going to change their life in terms of uh, what they can do and can they bounce a little baby boy on their knee and all those things. Uh under current Tennessee law, the law is the kid, the child of an injured person or grandchild of an injured person doesn't have a claim of an injured person. You ask specifically about personal injury, which means a case where somebody's hurt is different when somebody loses their life. Okay. But when you're talking about the change in a, in a life, you know, the, there's a special joy that every parent knows to picking up their kid. There's a special joy that every parent knows to my kids can outrun me, but, but I sure enjoy chasing them. Um, I can outrun the five-year-old, I, I pace <laughs> her out, but I sure enjoy chasing him. And if, if I'm too hurt to go do that, that's a change in my own life is again, it, it's not something you have to keep a record of. Usually you don't have to take off and say, well, my 40 time changed. <laughs> uh, I, I was no longer able to keep up with the kids quite as much. But you can still recite to a judge, a jury, or somebody and say, the thing I would have been doing, the thing I enjoy most when my time off work begins, and it's me time, is spending me time for my family. That change is worth something. Um, for many of us, it's what we are working for every day, is to spend that however many hours uh, you can make up at the end of the day with the kids. We call, in the law, we call that loss of enjoyment of life. And it's really the change. Even if you are able to struggle through it, um, anybody that's had a, if you've made it enough to physical therapy or had any injury that's, that's led you to see a doctor for a good period of time, it is not quite as much fun to play with your kids if every single time you're wincing in pain and you certainly are going to be avoiding some things, bracing yourself for it. So whether you uh, can't do it, whether you avoid doing it, or whether you just struggle through it, the fact that your enjoyment of life has changed, that's a measure for a judge, a jury, and 
to take into account. And if you're talking about settling a case for a claims rep to take into account, saying uh, they should say, this is something that would bother me. You know, when it look when when you look at different cases, you've got a variety of you know personal injury cases, medical malpractice cases, all that come through your door that you filter in through the phone system, and I'm sure some of them you've got to just say, well, that's really not something we can help you with. You know, you just look at it and say that's not really a case. Versus, yeah, this is a real thing. What you're talking about? Yeah, it's that is a real real struggle, um, and. I take this from my law partner, John, John Day. Uh, He used to say it years ago, and I didn't fully understand it. And now that I'm taking those phone calls a lot more as well, I feel the same way. I want to help everybody. I see how I could theoretically possibly maybe help somebody. But we do have to vet them. Uh, We get calls in from folks, and you look at it, you say, this is an awful set of circumstances. But I just don't see that anybody did anything wrong. You mentioned medical malpractice. I do a good bit of that. You look at it and you say, this could happen to any nurse. Uh, they, they followed the rules, but they had a really bad outcome with a patient. You feel awful for the person. And the other one I see is cases where, boy, this shouldn't have happened to the person. But you got to tell them sometimes, you know, it's going to cost at the end of the day, a whole lot of money that's got to be paid out. In a medical malpractice case, you got to hire experts. you got to hire a doctor in the same field, nurses. you got to hire people to come in and say, this is what was supposed to happen and this is what did happen, right? And if those doctors are going to charge more than the dollar value of what the person's hurt, yeah. at the end of the day, I didn't get into this business to get doctor's bills paid and get my bills paid and leave the person who's hurt with next to nothing those those are hard hard conversations to have with folks though and i guess you know the higher the pay grade to have an expert witness come in and talk the more expensive that's going to be as well absolutely you know it's um i mean we've all got medical bills and when uh the longer the initials after the doctor's name are for all their credentials and things and uh, um, the more of a specialist they are the higher that bill goes up and what that means as well is then the the unfortunately more hurt you got to be to justify paying all those charges and with the variety of medical services offered today because you know as as medicine grows more technologically advanced the more operations or medications folks are going to be either on or surgeries they go through but people are living longer and that said i am sure that you see a whole lot more medical malpractice cases in this day and age than probably 10 20 years ago i actually don't know if that's true um i I can see where you think that but i do think uh an offset from that we've got more people needing more care people uh baby boomers getting older um we've got more care options available uh 20 years ago i don't remember hearing about anybody that had a spinal fusion for example yeah um and now you get people with pretty bad back injuries those are becoming more and more common hip replacements you hear about used to hear about a little bit and now at this point i don't think i know too many people who are active in their 70s who haven't had a hip swapped out at some time so you get more procedures but I also think at the same time, medicine gets better. Doctors and nurses uh, training and their protocols get better. So so I, I, I think it may be a wash in that respect. They're doing more, but they're also learning more about how to protect against the harm. I mean, I, 
you know, it wasn't all that long ago that surgical staff were not doing a, a patient check at the beginning of a procedure to say, is this John Smith? Are we are working on the right leg? We are, <laughs> they weren't necessarily doing a sign off at the beginning to make sure that they were avo avoiding a wrong site surgery. At this point, there's enough protocols that if, if they operated on the wrong site, a whole lot of people did a whole lot of things wrong. It seems like you always hear those tales of somebody who had an infection in their left leg, went in to get it amputated. They end up amputating the right leg and the bad leg's still there. Do you actually see stuff like that happening today? And, and what's the craziest medical malpractice case that you've seen? Craziest medical malpractice case I've seen. There are some that come to mind that because of non-disclosure agreements and other things that my clients have entered, I'm not able to share. There are some that come to mind that I also have to pause and say, is there a non-disclosure agreement about that case? And if my client signed, one of my clients said yes, you know, in exchange for you taking care of me for life, what have you, for you making up for the financial aspects of this change in my life, I will not share my story uh, publicly. And I can't remember who signed what, so I, I'm a little hesitant to answer. I appreciate, it's a great question. I appreciate the question, but I'm a little hesitant to answer for that reason. I do see a good bit. The ones that hit me, honestly, are the ones more that I, rather than gasping and cover my mouth saying, how did they do this? The ones that really stick with me are the ones where the result for the patient or the patient's family is so tragic. Those are the ones that um, I can think of off the top of my head and, and seeing somebody who uh, whose loved one was just supposed to go in for a quick procedure you know they say leave the room for a second count down from 10 and they never come out the same it's a scary thought as a parent and a spouse that's a scary thought to see a loved one that way it is and that does happen i mean from allergic reactions to medication given to who knows what it's all scary to think about do things like allergic reactions to medications occur a lot i don't know how often we get calls about them i will say um scott tell your doctor everything sometimes you gotta wonder did the doctor's notes may not reflect that they were told about an, a, a, a medication that had a counteractive effect or a contraindication, right? And it's possible that the doctor was told and just didn't put it in the chart. It's also possible that the patient just had a whole lot going on that was in a lot of pain and forgot to mention it. Boy, mention every single thing just in case, because uh, if they're ever making a call about what to give the patient while the, they're under general anesthesia or anything, mention every single thing to to avoid that circumstance i um uh something so simple as pick a different drug from the menu on the hospital's computer system that could save somebody's life boy it, it also the nice thing is the a lot of the modern hospital systems you know they've all moved to computer records like most of us have they got computer screens popping up and those things pop up with red flags and red alerts saying don't are you sure you want to do this? It already says in the chart, the patient has taken X. And if you give Y, there's known contra there's known side effects of the two could cause harm. Um, get that, do your best to get that in the chart. So the red flag pops up <laughs> and the doctor or nurse has a moment to think, to think twice before giving something that could do uh, devastating damage and I understand that some hospitals today even have machines that I, I guess 
the nurse goes and signs out whatever the medication is and the machine like a computer will put up a warning saying are you sure you want this medication because it can cause or lead to xyz so, so there are more warning systems in place it sounds like that absolutely that goes back to what we were talking about earlier there's you know 20 years ago when people were writing out all their charts they didn't have red flags and the, the modern hospital computer systems will have links over you're going to prescribe this medication you're going to prescribe a blood thinner there's a click the little blue link and it'll tell you what the side effects of that blood thinner are what have you they didn't have all that they'd go pull up a book and figure it out for themselves on the fly so i think the the opportunities to avoid malpractice have improved dramatically it still happens and i think if i had to guess the numbers are about the same but the percentages are down fortunately and then what happens in situations where the person has surgery, then when they're released from the hospital, they're not given the proper after or follow-up care. Maybe the doctor doesn't call in the right medications or any medications at all when they were supposed to, or the doctor ignores their phone calls when they have some type of what they see as an emergency after the surgery and they're at home. I see a lot of those calls. Um, unfortunately, I see a lot of those calls. And you can envision on the doctor's end how that can happen. You know, the doctor's finished a procedure, they had a vacation planned or something, and they're thinking, maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, what happens is they need to be fixing that patient. They need to be seeing that patient or they need to be getting somebody else competent to see that patient. Uh, you know, you go in for any procedure these days and they go through that informed consent chart first of all you fill out usually on an ipad or something about 45 different pages of documents saying yes i promise to pay this bill yes you can call my mama if i don't pay this bill uh you can reach out do all this stuff and then they'll tell you as well these are some of the anticipated side effects my experience is most of the time they'll say now these are really really low at least with everything i've ever been meeting with a doctor for they say these are really 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 low i wouldn't worry about them and and the benefits outweigh this risk if it's on that list and the patient starts calling in and saying, I've got a problem like one of the ones you described, there is zero excuse for the doctor to ignore that, punt it, put it off or other things until the problem has turned into a, a, a lifetime of disability for the patient or, um, or taking the patient's life. Uh, I see it though. I see um, patients coming back in after a surgery saying, you told me to watch out for infections and I got a smelly cut which sounds like an infection and they just uh, hold out hope that that's not what it is doctor has a continuing duty to get that patient through the acute care period and i know with changes in laws in tennessee and really across the nation with pain medications doctors are hesitant often to call in the proper amount of pain medication to get that person through the recovery period once at home do you have calls where people are saying you know I, I remained in pain the doctor refused to help me out in any way after the surgery took place and after he sent me home we get calls like that i have never gotten involved in a case where the accusation against the doctor was they could have better minimized the patient's pain afterwards the reason for that is a fewfold first is and you mentioned it there's laws and other things and we boy we all know with fentanyl crises and other things we see people who are in in bad shape 
because of pain medication dependency issues and other things. So the law says sort of what you'd hope it says, which is a, a doctor cannot or should not be criticized for making a, a judgment call. That if there's multiple good options, anything, anything that was on the menu is allowed. Even if others would come back and say, well, if you'd chosen option A, you could have done a better outcome. If anything on the, anything that's reasonable is allowed. Uh, the other is um, in the long run, even if the patient suffered, and boy, I'm not trying to minimize anybody's suffering by saying that, but if they've suffered for a few weeks or even, say, months with when they could have had more aggressive pain medicine, I've never seen a case where switching to the more aggressive pain medicine later didn't stop the bleeding, so to speak. So when you're also looking at that, you um, talked about earlier about how you evaluate helping out somebody in a case, whether you as a lawyer are going to jump in to help out somebody in the case, if the bleeding stopped and they went through more pain than might be expected, that's what's being debated, and then being debated whether the doctor should have prevented that, whether they could have by giving more aggressive one, and whether any other doctor would have by giving more aggressive one, then you worry as well, well, well how much is your jury going to say that two or months or whatever is worth in terms of we know you were going to be in pain, but you could have been in less pain. Um, I've never jumped in for those reasons. That would be more of an issue to bring up. In addition to this, this, and this, the patient also suffered additional pain. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't jump in for that uh, as being the exclusive reason for it because it's really, really hard as well to second guess. I, I don't think I've ever heard a doctor say they absolutely should not have done that. They should have upped the pain medication. The ones I see are the uh, where the doctor absolutely should have done different is usually in the life-saving or disability-saving medications. They absolutely should have, should have given an antibiotic to stop this infection, for example. And, um, and because they didn't, this patient's going to walk with a limp for the rest of their life and hurt. I think that I've never had, my last name has never been MD or DO, but I do empathize. That's got to be a tough call for doctors in this day and age, knowing what we know now about all the pain medicines of the last, what, 20, 30 years and all the side effects of the, of the promised new Tylenols and, and all the, what are supposed to be the great chronic pain medicine savers. That's a tough spot for doctors to be in. I, I just, I gotta say, I just empathize. Sitting there with somebody saying, I, I feel bad that you're hurting. But boy, I don't want to put you in a spot where you're worse off for life by giving you something just to to temper the pain a little bit. Again, attorney Brandon Bass with us this morning from the law offices of John Day, located in Murfreesboro, Brentwood, and Nashville. We're going to take another short break, but we will be right back. Again, you're tuned to WGNS on this Thursday morning time, 846. Don't let headlines derail your long-term financial strategy. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Lee Colvin. I'll work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long-term. We provide the tools for a disciplined approach to investing. Call 615-907-7056 for an opportunity to discuss your situation. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hey friends, it's Mr. Murfreesboro, Bill Wilson. Tune in Sunday nights at 9 to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show here on WGNS. Join Kelsey Williams and myself as we interview folks from around the area. 
Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders, like our pastas and many other items, that we used to be able to put them in large pans. And now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Dan at Music World and Drummer's Den. If you need music gear, Music World and Drummer's Den is where you need to be. We have more guitars than anybody in town. We have all stringed instruments. We've got it all. We have keyboards as well. Do we have drums? We are Music World and Drummer's Den. We also have an excellent choice of used equipment. We are Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gardening needs. We'd have everything you want for those gardens and your lawns. If you're needing special gifts or if you're trying to take care of your feathered friends and furry friends, please come see us. Tina, where are you located? The Rutherford Co-op is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop here. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 849, attorney Brandon Bass on air with us this morning from the law firm of John Day. And we're talking about personal injury cases and medical malpractice cases. When it comes to injury cases where somebody's injured in a car accident, we've all heard those stories where so-and-so was hit by a dump truck and they received $2 million in court. Do those things really happen in Tennessee? And, and if so, do they happen every day? In terms of big dollar figure cases? Right. Yes. Uh, certainly in court, they don't happen every day. Actually, in Tennessee, we have a, a shockingly low number of actual trials um, throughout the state. Now, there are some going on, but most of the cases going to trial as well are, are, are not huge hugely injured people they're folks with more modest injuries now they're hurting but they're uh they've still got all their limbs and they're going through and still just debating who's responsible for it for example um but yes i, I mean unfortunately you mentioned a dump truck you know they're heavy they're quite big um and you see a lot of folks losing their life or losing uh, their quality of life dramatically as a result of collisions with them. Um, so there's a whole lot of those that happen more than I think any of us would like. Um, it happens all too often. I, I, I mean, how many times you've driven home and seen the police uh, closing off an intersection or something for an investigation and you never hear anything more about it afterwards um, because it is a common fact throughout the state. I wish I could say it was rarer, but um, 
we see a whole lot of folks whose lives will never be the same because somebody made a dumb decision for one day. And then you have those other cases involving drivers who are drunk or they're high on something and they end up hitting a sedan filled with a family headed to who knows where and kills either all or one of the members of the family. Those things happen and I'm sure those can be tough cases because the other person who hit them may not have insurance or anything. Yes, one thing we can do to protect ourselves and our families is when you buy insurance in Tennessee, it automatically, auto insurance in Tennessee, it automatically comes with a line item that nobody ever talks about called uninsured motorist. And just by default, whatever insurance you buy to protect yourself from getting sued, you get an equal amount to protect yourself if you have to sue somebody who doesn't have insurance or who, who's a drunk driver and disappears from the scene. I get a lot of, boy, people commit a lot of hit and runs. Yeah. Um, and you sort of assume if you seriously hurt or killed a family of four and took off from the scene that person i just assume was probably under the influence and trying to get away before they got caught we so we see a number of hit and runs you can't get insurance from somebody you can't find you have no idea who did it so protect yourself before you're hurt by buying enough insurance so that you have coverage if you need to sue somebody else who's who uh either driving illegally or just drives illegally by committing a hit and run. Have you ever done cases where you end up representing somebody who has to sue their own insurance company in order to get the hospital bills paid for and so forth? I don't know if I've done it yet today, but I will by the end of the day. Every single day is like that. In virtually every single case, we have to sue the person's own insurance, the victim's own insurance. If it's an auto case, we have to sue their own insurance. There's not a lot of for, for the rest of life, there's not a lot of coverage you can buy. It says, if somebody else hurts me, I want to be able to have my insurance pay the same amount as if I sued them. There's not a lot of other insurances that will cover the same thing. But in every single auto case, that ends up being an issue. Um, maybe not every single one, but it's more than 90% of them. So absolutely having enough to protect yourself from the other person. And the fact is, as well, Tennessee has... $25,000 is, is the minimum limits in insurance. We see those ads every day. You see, you know, minimum insurance for minimum budgets or things like that. The Statistically, if you get hit by somebody else, the odds are they are going to have $25,000 or less in coverage. If you need an ambulance and a night in the hospital, you're already underwater if you're relying on their insurance. And if you look at getting flown by a helicopter to a hospital, no telling. You're in trouble. Um, I try to think back. I've been doing this now for a couple decades. I might have seen a helicopter bill for less than $50,000, but I can't remember it. I mean, for, frankly, because most of the time is if you're across the street from the hospital, they're not flying a helicopter to fly you a block. Right. You know, so it's, it's usually going out farther away from the hospital to begin with to get the person there quickly and i mean it's uh, like i said if the minimum insurance that you're likely to get is twenty five thousand dollars and it cost fifty thousand dollars for a helicopter before you ever made it to the hospital you're deeply underwater before they uh, get you into the operating room have insurance companies gotten easier or harder to work with over the years it changes i i don't sit in their boardroom meetings but we on the, the uh, victim side, we can feel it and talking amongst other lawyers, we can feel it and say, boy, you, you can see that XYZ insurance, 
they are really just mistreating folks lately. Um, they're coming in and saying, well, we realize you had a $50,000 helicopter bill, but you know, we really don't like paying those. We, why, why don't we just give you 30? I appreciate that. It'd be nice if when I got a bill for something, I could just say, I really don't like paying this. I, why don't I just give you half price myself? We see it and it, it comes and goes with which insurance companies are doing that. Um, the only reason I can say at all that it feels like a Busby boardroom is it really does feel like one insurance company is tightening up at any given time and, and not paying people what they're full. They're looking at it and saying, I understand you missed a month of work, but you know, we just don't like paying all that much for lost income. That's a lot of money. Why don't we give you a half of what we owe? The answer being, well, on the flip side, why don't you give me twice what you owe? <laughs> if we're going to just debate about fictional numbers. I don't know why they do that. And you you just got to take them to court to, to change things up. I think the only way it changes back is that insurance company gets taken in court enough times to say, this is not working. This was a bad business decision. We hear stories sometimes about some insurance companies almost being bullies to the victim in the way they respond. And they just flat out say, no, we're not going to cut you a check for that even though you lost xyz we're not paying for it sorry and then they mail you a check and then that's that they won't return calls anymore what do you do in that case i would say this if you have a serious claim and i mean serious meaning here's the way i would gauge serious if you can't afford to gamble it if it would make a difference to your pocketbook for the change in outcome if you were if the insurance company mistreated you they didn't give you full if it's enough that you just don't care then maybe do it on your own. But if it's enough to care about, hire a lawyer, because by the time you get to that point, you've given them documentation, you've said things they're gonna use against you in court, evidence has disappeared, the uh, police chalk at the scene may have gone away from the rain and stuff, it's often too late. Get a lawyer early so they can do the investigation and, and be able to take them into the courtroom and say, you gotta pay this person full price, period. They, they need the money. Again, Brandon Bass with us this morning from the law offices of John Day here in Murfreesboro, then also offices in both Nashville and Brentwood. As we close out this morning, if somebody is listening and they're thinking, I wonder if I have a case, and they call the law offices of John Day, how long will it take for the lawyers there to say either, yeah, you definitely have a case, or no, we don't think that's really a case? Uh, We have people we have an intake department and we have other folks to make sure they can answer the phone right away we do not leave people stranded you know some folks are sitting around saying my surgeon's saying i need to figure out what i'm going to do right now before they schedule me for an expensive surgery we don't want to leave people or people call up and say i don't have a car right now so we move really really quickly because people need an answer and they need to figure out what to do with the picking up the pieces some folks call i'm sure during desperate situations where they literally don't know what to do absolutely feel free as i said if it's a matter where you sit back and go i don't care this amount of money does not make any difference to me one way or the other then maybe you don't worry about it but otherwise i would hire a lawyer if i was trying to figure out how to get through anything again attorney brandon bass on the air with us this morning from the law offices of john day in murfreesboro brentwood and nashville And as always, we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Scott. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're tuned to WGNS Murfreesboro again on this Thursday morning.